Greetings, greetings, and salutations. It's me, Nate Kowser, your host. I am back finally. Um, I took a little break, and then Marnie went off and did a vacation because he felt like he needed a break or something. But, um, I am uh, in very different spirits than I was when we last had a show. Um, and um, I just contributed to people being very loving and caring and showing all their love and work. It's not easy being an artist. It's not easy being an entrepreneur. And it's not easy doing the bulk of the work yourself. Um, so I want to shout out just a few people who have really stepped up and been real supportive. My friend Joanne, Joe, Jay Nicole, I'm calling her Joanne, Jay Nicole. Uh, my friend Tracy Jiggets, Troy Burton, Monty, of course, my family, my friends, uh, Blue Waters, um, and I know I'm going to miss somebody's name, and it's going to be really bad, but my friend uh, Nicole, Miss Nikki Scroggins, so many people who come through the shop, I actually see it, it's a little messy now because we are preparing, and we've been doing our holiday sales, and I've been at my table back there that looks a mess. I'm not even gonna show you the desk that this uh, computer is sitting on because it looked crazy, but we're constantly having to sell and sell and I'm really gracious and very thankful to everybody who has continued to support Vashti Blue Jewelry and the Artist Exchange um, our radio show. Um, if you did not know, I don't even think I've uh, reported it, but the Crown Awards, I was voted, nominated for, uh, uh, I think, an Artist of the Year, uh, Business of the Year, and um, I forgot the other one. Oh, Radio Show of the Year. And I didn't win the Radio Show or Artist of the Year, but I did win Business of the Year for Vashti Blue Jewelry. So thank you to everybody. I haven't had a chance to publicly say that since I got the award. Um, and I think I just got... One of a few. Sorry, everybody, it's a little messy in here. But this is the award. So thank you to the Baltimore Crown Awards. Um, shout out to all the other winners and all the other nominees. And I was up against in this category with some really great artists and entrepreneurs that have been doing their thing, but I won. Um, one of them is my friend, so I had to dig it in a little deeper. But <clears throat> And we have a special guest today. We have an international artist um, coming from is coming from all the way across the water uh, in the UK, and we'll be talking to her shortly. I want to say before we go any further, thank you and congratulations, and I love you to two of my favorite uh, December babies. Uh, one, my friend uh, and big sister, Miss Alma Brown, uh, Big Mama Alma. Uh, today's her birthday. Uh, and then on the other side, one of my favorite aunts, my aunt, 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 uh, my aunt Sherry, 
uh, today is her birthday as well. So shout out to both of them. They've been very instrumental and very supportive in my artistry as well as just, just being there. So without further ado, because it's probably like almost midnight where she is, I want to bring her on, uh, our guest for the day. So we'll welcome her on to the screen now. Hello, 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 hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Thank you. So first of all, I don't want to destroy your name. I'm not <laughs> going to do that to you, but I'm going to let you say your name and tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from, uh, and then we can get right on with the interview. All right. So my name is Labs, and I'm from London, UK, and I'm a hip-hop artist slash producer, slash workshop host. I do quite a lot of things, but predominantly my main thing is rap and lyricism and performing. Mm. And yeah, just been doing music for a while and just embracing and enjoying my journey, really. Well, if you you heard the advertisement for today's show, you got to hear a snippet of her music, uh, thanks to Facebook and, and all those lovely outlets for allowing her music to be on that platform. So you got to hear a little snippet of her rapping uh, on the advertisement for that. So um, I loved it. It, was, it felt more like a fluetry type of vibe. And I really, uh, uh, I want to hear more of it, of course. Um, do you have more music coming out? Definitely. So at the moment, planning to work with a lot more producers that I haven't worked with before and just really expand my sound. I feel like I'm ready to try something new and just really challenge myself with the topics I write about. And again, just seeking out new collaborators as well. I think it's always good to just bounce off different energy in the studio. So what is, you know, here in America, music is huge. It's Mm. a very big, um, a very big part of our culture. Um, how is the music community in the UK? Is it as or Europe in general? Is it as uh, big as it is here in the United States? I wouldn't say it's as big as the states in terms of just how big the country is. Like I think, like mm-hmm. maybe a state of the size of <laughs> what, like a whole <laughs> borough of London. So it's definitely smaller right. in that sense and. Yeah, I think it's just a bit younger in comparison to uh, when you talk about the infrastructure that the US has in terms of you guys will have a lot more artist development and culture-wise, it's been going on for a while. Whereas mm-hmm. things like grime are still relatively new. It wasn't started mm-hmm. like yesterday, but it's still forming. They're still figuring out how they can expand that to be as big as how hip-hop is in the US and that's spreading um, throughout the scenes and things like other genres don't really get as much of a shine here I'd say like R&B is very challenging to break through as an R&B artist and just remain in the UK and not really try and branch out even if it's to I don't know you go to Berlin and you do some stuff there build up your name so um, yeah it, I wouldn't say it's as big but there's definitely people that will search for good music and support it once they're aware of it, if that makes sense. My my introduction to the UK uh, mm. and the hip-hop community there was through an artist named Moni Love. Uh, mm. She was one of the first uh, hip-hop artists from the UK that I knew of personally. Mm. Um, and she was really big in the 80s. And 
Uh, I guess she's making a comeback now because she's on reality TV. So you probably hear from her soon as well. But she's like a DJ and a, a radio personality here as well. But she's from mm-hmm. from there. But uh, outside of that, I've known you this Europe in general to be very embracing of American music um, mm-hmm. and very supportive, more so than we've probably been <laughs> with some of our artists, some of the bigger more well-known established artists like Tina Turner and stuff like that made their money, made their name from the European audiences. Um, so hearing that it's difficult to make it there, it's, it's, it sounds normal to me now because that's how it is here. We know we have to go somewhere else to be great, to be great in our own home place. So I guess that's an international uh, universal thing, actually. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's unfortunate because I, there's a lot of great music I hear coming out of it. That's is, Most of it's inspired by a lot of American music. Who, who are some of the people that you look at in terms of your inspiration mm-hmm. and, what, and why you do what you do? Yeah, so immediately it does take me back to Across the Pond. So people like Lauren Hill, Misty Elliott, mm. um, Andre 3000, I just love how quirky he is and how he just brought mm-hmm. a lot of difference to hip-hop image right. and the way he even um, projects his lyrics and uses his voice and plays with tones and cadence, I think is very special. He brought something very special to the scene. So I'd say those three are like my glue. Um, in terms of UK influences, um, Lion, there's, a, there's a rapper called Lioness, she is so sick. There used to be like a platform called, well, no, it's still there, but it's not as popping nowadays, but it's called mm-hmm. SBTV. And it's like, if you're on that platform, you've kind of made it. Like they had a series called F64, which is basically freestyle straight bars of 64, mm-hmm. 64 bars. Okay. I saw Lionesses, I knew the words, <laughs> word for word. I was like, this is so sick. So I think it was like comparable to our MTV. I yeah. think it was like, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, things like that. And we had a channel called literally Channel U. <laughs> Everyone used to watch that. It's like, did you see this person's video? So there is there is a nice yeah. backlog of culture and stuff that have been formed that I feel like have disappeared today and they're trying to bring it back in a new way, like represent it. Mm. That that seems to be the industry, the entertainment industry. Everything that worked before, let's mm. figure out how to bring it back now and make it more relevant now. And yeah. it feels like it's uh, almost a lack of imagination and, and innovation that's happening. But I think it's going to help bring back because here those platforms have helped bring back a lot of those names that we've kind of let drift off, or mm. they've been relegated to being just touring artists. Uh, right. But a lot of them are being brought back because of those platforms. Um, in terms of like, one of the people that you named, Lauren Hill, uh, mm-hmm. she sticks out to me, and Andre 2000, actually, but more specifically Lauren Hill, because she is, one, she doesn't even have that much music. Just, just to put it out there, that's her own music, not set aside from Fuji's and all the stuff that she's written for other people. But her music has such lyrical content mm-hmm. in it that is timeless. Yeah. And even the stuff that she's starting to push out now, it still doesn't top what she's been able to create just with the miseducation of Lauren Hill and that unplugged album, which I listen oh, yeah. to on rotate. Like it's mm-hmm. a, it's one big song to me, basically. Cause yeah. I listen to that 
like when I'm cleaning, just, you know, after, after I've cleaned, you know, while I'm like, but it's just, she's such an instrumental part of hip hop to me. Um, uh, not just for, for black women, but just in general, she's yeah. done things with one album that some male artists have never been able to do with a whole catalog of music. Um, yeah. uh, in terms of music in general, why music? Mm. I feel like it's one of those things that have just been a constant in my life and something that has has and still is allowing me to find my voice and just express myself yeah. in this world and yeah just heal as well heal through writing and yeah just enjoying and expressing myself in a way that I would not be able to do so in a different mm-hmm. space so it gives me a, a, a sense of space and a sense of empowerment. And also, again, all about the connection with other artists and even an audience when I'm performing as well. So that's that's why music is by force. <laughs> I mean, what what are some of the cultural influences that, that your music has or that you are inspired by while creating or just what are your cultural, what's your cultural mix? Okay, so a lot of things. So... Growing up, it was like like most musicians, it was a church setting. So I used to hear a lot of live elements. And I think that's why that's something that I really enjoy doing when I get the chance now to like work with a band and sort of arrangements. I just think it, adds, it takes the music to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that, like the chord progressions as well. So a lot of R&Bs in there, a lot of souls in there, a lot of like gospel influences. I guess that's a whole like umbrella. So there's that mix but then also I do like, um, I listen to like a, a wide range. Like I tend to listen outside of my genre to get influences for my genre. So I mm. think even in the snippet you heard today of like In The Soup, that sounded more of like a funk type of jam, but the original was like, okay, this is like standards, alternative type of hip hop track. So anything, anything that sounds good, anything that has a groove and a good melody that's that's where you'll find me i like i like uh i'm a big fan of r&b music for that reason because it's so nostalgic Mm. Uh, typically it tells you where you were or it gives you a lot of sensory uh, memory in terms of where you were when that song came out or it makes you think about a relationship or a Mm. good or bad time in your life. Uh, And it just, it just has so much meaning in it. Uh, And I'm hoping that this generation taps into that aspect of older R&B so Mm. we can make it more, legacy music because a lot of the older R&B like even from the 90s a lot of that stuff is so prevalent now you hear it you see the style of it all in this music and then we have even the older generations from the 80s on back starting Mm -hmm. to resurface uh, in samples or you know inspirational aspects of it whether it's their dress or their the lyrics or the individual even um, mm-hmm. So I love R&B for that reason. Uh, do yeah. you sing or play any instruments as well? Yeah, so I sing a little bit, but I'll definitely say I'm more proficient in, in my rap. Um, uh-huh. I do play instruments. I've got some, got my guitars here. Okay, cool, cool. So yeah, I've got like one electric, one acoustic. And mm. yeah, that's really how... I kind of pivoted into producing a little bit. So okay. I do produce some of my songs, not all of them, but some of them, um, yeah, I know my way around Logic and just plug in, get inspired, do my thing. 
So that so that means you're going to own your music and you're going to get paid probably more than the artist gets paid. Um, and that's that's very smart that you're learning all the aspects because that's a big issue within the music industry. Have you had any of the hiccups or the the setbacks that a lot of artists talk about in the beginning of their career? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <There's> one... <laughs> <laughs> who do, who doesn't you know mm -hmm. um so this was fairly early on in my career like when I was I had no clue about how the industry works whatever so mm -hmm. I'm from like a place that's like just just north of London so there isn't really a massive I'd say scene there again there's people like there's pockets of people who do music but there isn't like oh we have this recurring show going on we've got a record label here and that like it's none of that so here comes this person like saying okay we're putting on some sort of like performing arts platform um available pe for people who want to rap who want to sing who want to dance do modeling etc kind of go to this thing and you you out of it you get an EPK which we did get um, but then also, you know, some music videos, just, you know, getting you started on how this thing works if you want to be like a serious artist. And nothing actually materialised out of it. <laughs> just a bunch of us that were kind of like, we saw this as an opportunity and, you know, the person just had a bit of an ulterior motive, um, which was very disheartening. But it's one of those that, you know, I've I've learned from it. One <laughs> just read read the small print consult someone you know um but then also there's always going to be setbacks it's not it's not going to be a you write one song you've put it on soundcloud Spotify, forever and then that's it no there's a lot yeah. of time energy mm -hmm. prayers thoughts all of that that for goes each song, into actually for each, each song exactly and live the experience to even get the song out and you know do i want to go there as i write this so that so people can understand so people can hear their story just through another voice if that makes right. sense so right. that's definitely been um I'd say a setback it's like oh like I was expecting this to kind of not obviously propel me straight away but you know be something that's going to be a nice stepping stone it is in a way in hindsight I can say it has been but at the time oh it was awful like one of the things I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, but <laughs> I do want to do this, if that makes sense. So and I think as an artist and, and all of them, especially the musical artists that I, I've interviewed over the years, one mm. of the things that I've learned from them is, and I apply to myself, when to say no. You know, mm -hmm. we, we think, especially when we're new as artists, we have to take every opportunity that comes our way. And yes. I made those mistakes all throughout my 20s. So one of the biggest lessons that I've adapted now, being in my 30s and moving forward, is I have to learn how to say no. It's an opportunity, but I don't need that opportunity. Or I'm yeah. going to say no to that opportunity and wait for the next one that is beneficial. Sometimes there is a lot of give and take. So you're not going to get a, a, a billion-dollar con contract right off the bat. You know, so... People, other people still have to make money, so they have to fix contracts and deals where it's beneficial to them. But I'm now in a space where I oh, that doesn't work for me, mm -hmm. you know. And just saying no to things. Are you are you learning to do that, or have you learned to do that? For sure, for sure. And my biggest thing is not going back to what you said. Like it's not 
if you pass something by, it doesn't mean it's not going to return to you in a different way. It doesn't mean that was the the one chance and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. That's what my mindset was. It's like, oh god, I need to because I'm gonna miss out all this or that. And it's like, no, like now I am a bit more picky with what I do, who I speak to, what I'm, you know, because not only just because you know I'm just in a different stage of the journey, but just as you said, it's not mm-hmm. everything that deserves the energy, not everything that resonates with me. So right. it's not, it's not. There's no point. Uh, before we before we started the show, you were talking about wanting to do more collaborations mm-hmm. with artists. Are there who are your I'm gonna say top three dream artists to work with? Oof, oof, oof. Well, I would definitely lump <laughs> lump my three influences in. So I'll get hopefully do a project with Lauren. I'd like an acoustic slash. Mm you know, take her to the unplugged days, but then a bit of miseducation days. Missy, mm. if I want more of a turn-up jam. Andre, I feel like we can go back-to-back and just do one crazy music video and I'll just mm. be satisfied with life. Um, <laughs> another collaboration, well, this person has passed, but Prince, I think he's dope. Mm. I think Prince is dope. And so you want to I do like, more musician-based um, yeah okay. for sure for sure um who else I really like Janelle Monae as well I think she's really dope I like how there's always a story and what she what she's um mm. putting out there and she's very specific about her aesthetic and she incorporates a lot of Afrofuturism in her work as well so yeah there's, there's a few mm. pockets of people with Janelle Monae I've, I've typically listened to the music that was put out mm. so I I've been saying to myself, I have to go back and like listen to our work in its entirety because I I never and maybe because I listened to clips like mm. a song that was on the radio and I didn't get her aesthetic because mm. it seems so much different and I'm knowing her now more for her work on camera versus sure. her music behind the mic. Um, I'm surprised you didn't stay Estelle. I mean, not just because she's from where you are, but mm. um, she kind of has that Lauren Hill vibe as well. She does, she does. And actually, she's a good example of someone who has just been like, hey, you know what, let me take my things and go and, you know, Ooh. be appreciative for what I do. So I'm, I'm I'm, proud and happy to see her shining. 100%, if she's, hey, I'm open. Is she <laughs> as good there as she is here? I would say she's bigger in the US, you know. Maybe back in the day on her come up, she was big here, but I feel like... Ooh she's totally taken the US by storm. But mm-hmm. if she came back, it wouldn't be like, oh, like, who's this? Like, people would rightfully, like, give her her flowers. She didn't, but I, what I loved about her, she didn't try to beat anybody. She stayed true to her roots. Most times when we get people from other uh, countries, they kind of suppress their, uh, their uh, what do you call it? Their, um, how you speak. Like mm-hmm. their dialect or how they their uh, accent, they try to suppress yeah. it and try to blend in a little bit more. And mm-hmm. she was very true to her roots. She was very, uh, she was just different. And I yeah. just, when I think of the UK, that's one of the artists that I think of first. But mm-hmm. to be honest, there she's more considered an American artist now. <laughs> um, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, so we got her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in terms of artists that from like your local reach, uh, mm. are there any artists that you want to work with that may be like mm. local uh, 
artist or within your reach? I'd say UK. Um, it would be dope to collaborate with Little Sims. I think she's sick. Um, who else from the UK am I feeling? Quite a few, you know, we, <laughs> trying to think, trying to think. Yeah, um, singers. I definitely like people to come give a little little hook, little something. I think Koji mm-hmm. Radical is also dope. Actually, that let me not let that fall out of my head. He's an he's another dope rapper. Um, okay. But yeah, those those two are the ones that immediately come into mind. But um, yeah, right. Now you you said it was hard to. It's been hard trying to make it in your mm-hmm. home place. Is it as competitive as, especially in a rap industry for women there, is it as competitive like here, you know, we have this Nikki versus every rapper that comes out because mm. the industry of totes is only room for one. Is mm. it as competitive in Europe as it is here for mm. uh, women rappers? I think that's always going to be the case everywhere because for some reason, as you said, in, in whatever... <laughs> the powers that be in the industry when it comes to women, it's like, we need to either pit them against each other if they like each other or just mm. start a little rumour or this one's better than this, she said this, she said that. It's quite unnecessary and it just takes things back. Like, it's already, you know, we're already in what we what we consider a male-dominated space. So it now makes it even smaller for us to now be pitting us against each other. So it does happen, but I don't participate in it if if that makes sense like there's so okay. much more to be focused on and be doing as opposed to let me build my career off sending because people do send there are people you know they'll have a clash or they'll drop a little sidebar in their song right. about this person or that person so it does happen for sure here in america um it's a steady trend and i don't want to call it a trend because i don't want to think of it as something fake but there, over the last couple of years, there's been this uh, resurgence of um, our pan-Africanism and connecting our artistry to Africa and our connections to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that something prevalent there, or do you, is it still like a separation of it? It's not something that's popular to do. No, I think that's definitely been happening. Like, I don't really remember... I don't really remember the year that what we call Afro Swing started to pop off here, but you had artists mm-hmm. like Jay Huss, um, okay. NSG, they kind of brought this whole Afro Swing thing to the UK. So that's like a very big thing here. And it's good to see that we're looking to connect back to where we're really from and putting that into our music and representing it now to like the younger generation who might not have listened to it or stuff like that. Like Wizkid had a concert the other day, he did three dates to O2. Oop, sorry, all sold out. Like everyone is hyped. So it's like we we're very much desperate to stay connected to the diaspora and just represent and be who we are and not really be ashamed of, the, of that. He, he's one of the artists that are transitioning here as well. Mm-hmm. He's starting to build a really big name for himself with his collaboration. He does a lot of collaborations, and I think yeah. that is helps him definitely to move forward. Um, Is it, how important is it for you to, for your music to be uh, a political statement as much as it is just an artist creation? Mm. 
I think that happens, it will happen regardless. Like when once something is released, it's kind of out of my hands. So whatever I guess the listener decides to make it, that's what it kind of becomes. But for me, um, it depends with the song, if I'm honest. Like not all songs I'm specifically trying to make a statement. Like if if it does become one, it does, but it's not um it's not something that I have the energy to be doing all the time because it is very mentally taxing to be talking on the things all the time but Mm -hmm. I do have a responsibility to sometimes speak up on things that aren't necessarily spoken about and it seems so here we had um I don't keep wanting to call him Freddie Gray but it wasn't Freddie Gray um and I just was talking about him um but our the race issues here culturally um a lot of our more woke artists are making sure that that becomes a part of their platform in terms of what they're producing, in terms of what their lyrics are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much uh, is race uh, an issue in your... I mean, we can just speak from the artist scene. How much of that is still an issue uh, mm-hmm. even today for you all, for you? Mm. It still is. It's It still is, like especially when it comes to colorism as well that's like always another mm. factor so to now slap okay I'm now rapping as well on top of that it's like these I guess PR companies labels they don't know what to do with black women so they'll either leave them or kind of just either like put them in a box of, okay you're going to be this over sexualized one you're going to be the the woke one you'll be this like it's very like packaged and performative and I still feel like they haven't quite hit the mark with what to do Mm -hmm. I think the simple solution is just get black women in those positions to work with us because they know what it's like we don't now need to be explaining what it's like to I don't know I go to a video shoot and I need my makeup done I'm not gonna have someone who doesn't know how to like shave my skin properly with the tones of makeup do it or even my hair like I have mm-hmm. sister looks that am I are you now going to give me someone who doesn't know how to deal with my hair my hair because it still happens even the modeling industry like what's her name I think it was Leomi Anderson she was literally at big modeling shoot she had to do her makeup herself yeah so yeah it's again race it's it's always it's always a thing even if it's not overt it's these little um little um I guess easter eggs of microaggressions that's always present and that's the that's the thing for me i thought by now so i went to predominantly white catholic schools growing up and i thought that that would be um something that when i'm grown and i'm older it won't be as prevalent but i'm as you're saying like even here within our art scene you know, there's the black art scene and the white art scene. And then mm. even deeper than that, as you said, colorism or classism mm-hmm. uh, plays a part in, in, internally in our culture. And I just thought by now we would be past it to yeah. a point where not so much it wouldn't be a thing, but it would not still be something that I have to fight against or break through. Uh, that's the part that is frustrating to me, that mm. we're still fighting even harder than we've had to before um, to overcome or just be a part of. Um, mm. uh, 
and moving into where we are now, we're kind of almost at the two year mark of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, how has your creativity been tested or grown mm -hmm. in this time? It's been all of those things <laughs> tested, <laughs> but tested, stretched, but then also random bouts of inspiration. So I'll definitely say it was very painful for me to obviously not be on stage and be performing. That's like what I love to do. And even studio looked a bit different. Like for a while, just started jumping on Zoom as we are now with some friends. We're like, okay, let's have a little songwriting session. One of my friends will be making the beats and then the rest of us will be right into it. Just, just having a laugh really, but still kind of getting into that studio vibe of creating again. Because mm -hmm. for a long time, it, it just wasn't happening. It's like, I need to be thinking about life, like making sure I'm okay in that mental space in all areas of my personal life. And then now bringing it back to music and returning um, and doing all that stuff. So it's it's really ebbed and flowed. I think now I'm in a better space. Um, mm -hmm. I think just, you know, managing, okay, I can do some stuff online, but I'm also in the space to record again and just talk about music and get into creating and presenting new stuff so it's, I think I, I like the way you said that because I think a lot of artists I mean I think some people took advantage of that a lot of people took advantage of the time that we had off mm -hmm. uh and it forced us to be more engaging with yeah. our fellow artists with our personal lives and most importantly our audiences you know you saw a lot of this the space mm -hmm. time with audiences, um, so much so that I began to turn my camera off when mm. I did, when I started doing lives because it felt too invasive. Like it was too much, you know, and I I got my studio space because of the pandemic. Because at oh, wow. first I had a separate space in my home that was dedicated to my studio, but I got tired of being at home. I got tired mm -hmm. of welcoming the world into my home, doing yeah. my radio shows and other podcasts and then doing interviews on other people's shows and then doing live virtual events. Mm -hmm. I got tired of being at home and people being in my space, but yeah. it, forced me to, it forced me to be more engaging. It forced me to go live more and yes, talk yeah. to people who were supporting me more mm -hmm. versus just inviting them to an event. And they come That's out it. and you may see them or you may not see them uh, because of it's so many people. But I think I think definitely it forced me as an artist mm -hmm. more creative. Um, yeah. And in terms of the struggle side of it, though, mm -hmm. how were you able to still get through it and still move forward with it? Because mm -hmm. it wasn't all just laughs and jokes over Zoom. Some of it was a lot of me time. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I think. <laughs> always at the back of my mind, it was like, okay, the worst has kind of happened, but at the same time, you're you're not done with this thing. So mm -hmm. either way, like the worst has happened, okay, lockdown can't leave our house, but then we also moved to a phase of, okay, we can gradually have a small bubble of this and that. So I was gradually thinking, okay, let me try and physically be in the studio with other people. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I started doing that I didn't mention was like songwriting workshops with young people. So I was doing that a bit over Zoom. So that was helping me get back into the, oh yeah, like music, performing, writing. This is what I do. Like, so I guess out of my pain, because that's what it was, I was still able to inspire others and bring people together in that space. So that was one of the things that I wasn't necessarily performing, but it brought me back into that creative space of, oh, I'm actually willing to 
bring myself back to this, I'm kind of ready to do so. Mm. Um, so just reminding myself and kind of brand myself that things are temporary, like it's not always going to be one thing. Even the good times, it's not always going to be one thing. So through those workshops, that's when like this award came through and I was like, okay, so it's like a little... I just saw that as like a symbol of encouragement to like keep going. Like this is what we're saying. It, it wasn't the end and keep persevering and just pick yourself up a bit. It's not forever. Um, there's more for you to do. So yeah, yeah, just kind of dipping into different things I wouldn't usually do allow me to return to what I am good at and do feel the most empowered by doing it brought me back and just, yeah, got me back on that mountain top and just kept me a bit grounded. Mm. It, it, <laughs> I, I thought that, um, you know, I think up up until this time, we kept saying, I need a break. I just want to stay at home and just lounge and sleep all day. And mm. then to be given a year plus of that <laughs> was like, okay, it's time for something new. It's yeah. time. And it forced you to be creative within what you were doing, even outside of what you were doing. In a different way, you had to look at what you were doing differently. And you had to look at how you were doing things differently. And I think I've seen so many people start businesses in Mm -hmm. the midst of this. I've seen so many artists, artist friends that I had that were just hobbyists or like stuck between a nine to five job and and this. I've Mm -hmm. seen them start their own YouTube pages or start culinary businesses or, you know, start their first brick and mortar, you know, art studio space. And I've seen so much of that happen. You know, was it the same way you are too? Did you see Mm -hmm. that influx of businesses get started? Definitely. Like a lot of, as you said, like people just trying new things, meeting new folks. So for me, I think as we're speaking of air, like the guys that I'm doing the podcast with, that was a result of the pandemic. So if not for the pandemic, we wouldn't have met or linked up or be making music together so 100 percent, just trying new things seeing where it goes and not necessarily having an expectation oh this has to take off it's like just just be open that's my main thing for me is because I think when I get down I get very closed off and not willing not going to try last time I did something it crashed out (laughs) like just just open yourself up and see where it goes and you'll be surprised and yeah things are things have opened up which is a positive I, I I like it though. I, I like it though because it created a sense of um a competition amongst us. Mm. That was it felt healthier because mm-hmm. all your friends were doing something and now we have time to collaborate with the things that we're doing, but mm. we also had time to kind of go to ourselves and create and rethink the strategy and yeah. just jump out there. I've seen so many people jump. Yes. That was always so afraid to do it and always so, I got to, you know, I got to get the work. I got to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really have, we were all, it felt like equally broke, equally just coasting and figuring it out, yeah. equally just waiting and just had the opportunity. So I, I appreciate this moment and the artists for taking that opportunity to just jump and yeah. get things going. Um tons of new podcasts out there i'll be actually on your podcast can you tell me a little bit about the podcast i'll be on it tomorrow actually yeah so it's called check the b-side hosted by myself don't be a menace aka dennis and then we've got dan 
Phantom Coupe. And it's literally conversations about music and how it intersects with life. So we've always we've always got some sort of life element tied in to the topic we speak about. And we also always give you a playlist um, in response to what we speak about. So our last episode was called Social Responsibility, what that means as to uh what is our social responsibility to each other what is my social responsibility to my listeners as an artist and labels to artists we kind of covered it in all angles so very excited to have you on there we'll see Mm. where the combo goes i can't I, i mean i really can't wait i'm really excited about how um uh you are grown because I met Dennis, and actually, I just realized his Instagram name was Dennis the Menace. Like, I, <laughs> I just made that connection when you said it. I'm so crazy. Uh, but I like stuff like that. But I met him just on social media, you know, in the midst of something that I wouldn't technically be on. We were on a, one of those kind of chat type of apps where uh-huh. people get to talk and meet each other. And it was really interesting because I wouldn't typically do any of those apps, because I've always felt like my mentally I'm much older than a lot of the people that are on there, and mm-hmm. I just get bored, I get bored easily. Uh, but just meeting people and being able to network people within your artistry, uh, even across the world, you know, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I like doing a podcast because I'm, I'm able to be international with the guests that I'm having on. Um, so I can't wait to meet the meet you all in one sitting and talk yeah. about uh, your topics and and really engage. But I'm 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 loving this outside of the time difference. Um, it is it's very pleasant because I know sometimes mm-hmm. that could be the boundary. But uh, I think this new virtual world that is now a big part of who we are now and moving forward even um, is going to allow us to collaborate and meet and network and just create with people who don't live around the corner or across the street anymore. Um, How how big is this virtual world for you and your artistry? Outside of the podcast, of course. Yeah, it's it's. It's one actually that I think the pandemic has allowed me to get more comfortable with in terms of just showing myself outside of music. Like it would take a lot for me to just get up and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go on Instagram live and talk about this and that. Like I would never, <laughs> I'm very introverted. It's like, I'll give you the music and then I'll just chill. It's like, let's be a bit more real. If I actually want to connect with people, especially if we're there's new boundaries of how we do that, I need to mm. learn how to do it in a way that's, that works for me. So right. I do a little thing called Positivity Fridays, like every two weeks. I <laughs> So one of them is called The Garden Diary. So that's something I got into in the pandemic, like all these plants and nature. And cause I was going it's on a lot of walks. Nature behind you. Okay, I get it. That's the vibe. <laughs> that's, that's my vibe. So <laughs> I give little updates on how like my plants are doing because I started going to like a community garden because... Just have an interest of growing my own food and connecting to people who have that interest as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's that. What have you grown so far? So at the moment, some sweet corn, but when it was in season, sweet okay. corn, that's my favourite thing to grow. Um, yeah. Some spring onions, some potatoes, all of that stuff, all of that stuff. So um, yeah, just showing showing myself in that way has mm-hmm. allowed me to connect with people in an authentic way. Like you won't see me doing a TikTok dance, but I'll talk about my plants. So <laughs> things like that. That's that's helped me. Advertise my my radio show on on TikTok. That's what I use for. 
But it's That's but it. stuff like that means so much to me because mm -hmm. this platform for me has turned because the the idea of artist development is no longer part of the industry. You, mm -hmm. you may have some niche management groups that still specialize in that and still do it, but for mm -hmm. the most part, the industry of across the board, uh, they want you to come to them with a million followers with you know all those things already. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I tell artists is you have to be real, you mm -hmm. know, especially in today's world where we're so racially and politically divided. People want to know who you are, what you yeah. do. Uh, of course, people nosy. They want to know everything. And that's mm -hmm. not their business and everything. But it's your responsibility to connect with your audiences in a way that you want them to buy your tickets and support you, but you yeah. got to show them who you are. You know, yeah. there are probably a lot of people out there that would love your music, mm -hmm. but they would have to meet it in a, in a farm aspect, That's you know, it. in a gardening aspect that mm -hmm. may not listen to you or watch or follow you on Instagram or social media, but they, they, they farm, they, you know, they plant, they garden. That's and it. then they'll, you, you have a, a audience that you would have never met you know this is it this is it mm. like it's the music itself unfortunately isn't enough these days like as yeah. you said you need to have pockets of different things and nice. another thing I'm kind of pivoting into is just the use of tech in music so mm. I told you about this electronic project that I'm collaborating with doing audio visuals with but mm. also just with like augmented reality like that's really Dennis's a lot of his stuff that he does. So mm -hmm. part of my next project will be incorporating some of those aspects. So that's another, you know, that's another audience, you know, people mm -hmm. into animation and stuff like that. Even my, la my last music video wasn't my first animated video. So people who like cartoons and movement objects and just really nice color palettes, that's, you know, for them. So as you said, just figuring out, Look, being honest about what your interests are, how they sit with mm. you and just packaging it that way. It's a lot more fun as well, you know, just, it's quite, I almost look at, you know, just, well, once you know, you know, <laughs> but if you just said, oh yeah, mm. just listen to my song. It's like, why should I? <laughs> mm. Yeah. But, but they get to know you. They get to know you in a way where, you know, I like pizza. You like pizza? Well, I like pizza or... Just the gardening aspect, showing parts of yourself, because before all those parts were were hidden. One of my favorite people, uh, entertainment-wise, is uh, Will Smith. And I think in him mm. going to this 50-plus area of his life now, he's trying to be more authentic. And part of yeah. being more authentic is showing the different aspects of yourself, your vulnerability, your likes, your dislike, the behind the scenes of what you do. Uh, mm. And I, I think that is going to help artists as we move forward to stand out. Because yeah. we have gone through this period where mediocrity is winning because it took hard work and persistence and a lot of marketing and money. Uh, mm. But now the pandemic kind of even the platform. You had somebody like a Patti LaBelle or uh, uh, Beyonce or somebody on the same Zoom app that you were using to perform. So it yeah. made us even because you paid that same $20.99 to get the software that I paid for it. That's you it. know, and it, it's it's amazing, you know, that 
it took something this drastic to get us all, you know, balanced and even. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, of course, the celebrities who had a little bit more money started having all the bells and whistles. They had the nice, sparkling, high-D, high-definition cameras and such. But at, at some point, we all felt even. Yeah. Felt yeah. like, I can do this. And that's when I saw that surgence of jumping. Uh, yeah. jumping out there and really making it happen because, hey, this girl hocking her her earrings and her stuff on the same platform that I'm doing. Okay, I can do this. You know, it made mm -hmm. it more accessible. That's it. And I really think this showing people who you are, and, and I do this, I've been doing uh, this podcast for a number of years and we've had camera uh, cameras for about the same amount of time. And I never went live on Facebook. If I did, it was real awkward and real quick. Uh, but now it's forced me to have a station. Like So in this studio, I have a stationary space where I get ready and I do shows. And at home, I have a, a, a new space where I do that at as well. Um, but now I'm ready to do it. You know, I'm, I'm updating equipment and trying to figure that thing out, that part of it too. But it's, it's letting people in on who you are. You can't just sell them links anymore to your Eventbrite or to, to your new concert. People yeah. people don't care. It's too many people doing it. So yeah. now you have to stand out and be truthful and telling your story and showing the different aspects of yourself. Um, I've, I've met so many gardeners mm -hmm. who are out there making food <laughs> on, their, on their back porch or something and really just you know, creating now from a different space. Who thought, who would who, have known that I could grow my own tomatoes or my own sweet potatoes or something? But That's now it. people are doing it. And were you doing this before the pandemic or you kind of discovered it uh, in the midst of it? Yeah, something that was discovered in, in the pandemic, like mm -hmm. all this, because yeah, I started a lot of just, a lot of walks, spending time outdoors and just, Grounding myself that way, which then went into rock climbing, got into rock climbing, which then went into, oh, well, quite like to do more outdoors, be outdoors more. That's okay. when the gardening stuff came out. So yeah, that's <laughs> thanks pandemic for that self-discovery. Cause I wouldn't have slowed down and realized that. So we have a couple more minutes. I'm not going to keep her because it's going to be morning time soon where she's at. Uh, but uh, I wanted to get into the business of your passion. Where are you with learning the business or applying the business? Mm. Still, I feel like it's something that you have to consistently be learning. But um, I've learned a little bit. So when I was in uni, there was like a module of music business. So yeah. I do have a bit of an understanding, but I'm not going to say I, I know it all. But in terms of like ownership and just, you know, not really jumping into things blindly. As I told you from that story, I've been, I don't know, that's kind of shaped my perspective. I'm not very industry. I'm very like, in the, let's do it the independent way. Like if you're an artist, we can collab. If you, like I have, um, yeah, I literally have one of my friends down the road who shoots videos and does graphics and then linked up with some other artists and we all like had like a day of content had like a photo shoot, things like that, like just collaborating with people I know as opposed to trying to reach out to, you know, huge artists that have already quote unquote established themselves, like kind of keeping it community 
focused and building with people who are also on the come up. I feel like that's a lot more fulfilling than, you know, trying to infiltrate the industry that is built, that's built in a way that's not really for you, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. I don't think it's carving out your own niche in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I appreciate you being that open about it because a lot of artists want to, they just want to be what's already there. If, mm-hmm. if this person is making it, then I, let me just do what they're doing. I don't want to personalize this because nobody's going to like it. But we are people of color. We're being forced to personalize our careers because the, the status quo is not built for us. Whether mm-hmm. it be the the uh, the awards, mm-hmm. the the platform itself, the industry, the venues is not it wasn't built for us. Yeah. It was actually built to keep us out. Mm-hmm. So it's, we're being forced to make things our own and create our own venues and our own lanes in this. So it's very important that even at a young age, we learn how to incorporate who we are into yeah. what we're doing, even on the business side of it. Mm-hmm. We have a certain way of being uh, business, you know, than, than say they do, the, the, the other cultures, meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have to begin to tap into the things that make us unique and then bridge that over to our business because we started doing business like they do, which is why a lot of us aren't connected because yeah. that wasn't naturally who we are. Um, so as we close out, I want you to first, um, I'm, I'm going to ask you, where do we find you at on social media? How do we find your music? All those things. But I'm going to ask you my final question. And mm-hmm. while you're thinking about it, I'm going to do some announcements. So the final question is, what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self? Okay. And what what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self? So mm-hmm. while you're thinking about that, I'm going to do some last-minute um messages and then we're going to get back to you and maybe we can end with a rap or you know a little bit of you <laughs> uh but thank you for tuning into the artist exchange radio show we're ending the year uh on a, a happy note i have an announcement but i'm gonna wait to the last show of the year um thank you to everybody that continues to support both be exposed radio as well as the Artist Exchange radio show. Uh, there's some, I say this every season, and I try to grow each time, but we have some awesome pro- projects that we're working on uh, coming in 2022. Uh, one of the biggest ones is uh, my collaboration with uh, Troy Burton. He's uh, won the Ruby Grant here, which is giving him an opportunity to create a production uh, based off of a show that he did called A Real Nigga Show. It's called... Uh, you thought I was him, and it's a year-long project that we're working on that will end with an actual showcase in November of 2022. So look out for that. Um, the artist exchange is definitely growing. We're we're supporting artists and individuals to help them bring their business to fruition and get those things started. So I'm really happy and excited about all the little small things that are starting to blossom uh, into bigger projects. The Avesha Blue Jewelry, we're here. 1734 Maryland Avenue, you can stop by and create. We have spaces and we're working on creating a space for people to come by and just 
you know, get out some stress and just create if they want to. Um, we're also doing a lot of projects in vision boarding, um, some uh, mental health type awareness collaborations that we're doing with various individuals in the city and the, the DMV area in general. Um, we want to, I'm going to try to travel more with my artistry um, a little bit more in 2022. So all those things combined, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, a little bit on Twitter, <laughs> not so much on TikTok uh, as the Artist Exchange, uh, and definitely hit us up if you have any ideas, if you want us to help you kind of kind of flush out your creative projects a little bit more. But I'm going to bring it back over to our lovely guest for today uh, as she gives out her social media and uh, answers the last final question. All right. So <laughs> I'll jump in... I'll jump in with the questions first because I feel like social media is like the end. Mm. So in terms of my 17-year-old self, I would say to her... Now, don't change that, anything because we know we don't like playing yeah, with time. Uh, but just to soften the blows of life a little bit. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing changed. Um, <laughs> I would say life... I'd say to her, life starts when you live authentically just be yourself mm, okay. life starts at authenticity and then a hundred years of this is this is wow this is a sick question i'm gonna have to save that for future <laughs> <laughs> um she would say you no she would say life is beautiful and life is full mm. That's, what she That's an interesting take on that question. Because typically people ask questions to find out what they should do. Mm. And not the hundred-year-old self giving you this sound advice. Mm. But uh these are these are great writing prompts. Um, I use them with my in my classroom when I'm working one-on-one with artists as well. Um, and I suggest that you use it just periodically. Because depending on how you answered that question mm. is typically where you are in the moment. Wow. It tells you a lot about where you are currently, of wow. what things that may be on your mind, things that you may be struggling with, things that you're trying to decide. Uh, depending on how you ask and answer those two questions, it definitely tells you where you are currently. So I use them mm. as meditation prompts, mindfulness prompts um, when I'm working with children. Like I said, when I'm working with my clients that are artists or entrepreneurs, it gives them a good sense of where they're currently, where they are right now, mentally, spiritually, all that alignment. So, I, I you know, it's a great prompt. Ask yourself every morning or every season or the beginning of every year, the end of every year. It's a, it's just a great thing that I try to incorporate into my health training or mental kind of exercising that I do with myself. So nice. that's an interesting that. way. Nobody's ever answered the second portion of that question like that. So that's a, that's a, uh, I'm going to have to write that one down. I'm going to have to write that one down. Uh, <laughs> Notate that one down. So where can we find you and your your radio show and your music uh, on social media? Yeah, so you can find me everywhere at It's Lab. So that's at I-T-S-L-A-V-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, um, SoundCloud. And you can find my music on Spotify and YouTube. Just type in L-A-V-Z 
music and I will be there. Also check out, check the view side podcast, which Nate would be on tomorrow. Um, that's available on Spotify and YouTube. So if you type in, check the view side, can listen to us, hear our thoughts, our ramblings and get a playlist just for you for every episode. So yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a nice uh, anytime, uh, Shout out to Dennis for recommending you and uh, introducing me to you. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I love meeting international artists because it gives me just a lot of more energy in terms of collaborating and, and reaching out more instead of being so inside of your own bubble. So thank you for coming on. And I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow or meeting with you virtually tomorrow. Um, and again, this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show. <clears throat> Tune in live every Friday uh, at 5 p.m. <laughs> I have to remember myself at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, also, uh, we're bringing back the Binge Worthy podcast series, a uh, podcast that I created myself out of the pandemic. Um, we just did our first show, and we air every Tuesday at 3 p.m. This week was a little late because I hadn't did it in a while, and I had to get back into the motion of doing it. Uh, but every Tuesday at 3 p.m., we'll release a new episode. Myself and G. Oliver, Mr. George Bur- um, Bunton, uh, he will be doing um, a series of just how we feel about the latest projects coming out, film, TV, television, now that we're open back up, theater and music uh, concerts as well. So look forward to that. Um, and if our guests could just, you know, maybe give us a little rap, a little... Mm. bit of her music ability as we close out. All right, let me see. Pressure. Me see. My, my 9 p.m., my 8, what time is it now? I miss coming to 12. My 12 a.m. voice I was trying to keep track of the time. I was trying to keep track coming of the Coming through. All right, I'll give a little something. <laughs> um, hmm, what type of vibe should I end it with? Something fun, maybe festive. Whatever you got, whatever you got. <laughs> All right. This is called Say Something. It's a little, 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 little acapella. Okay. Um, stepped in on a wave, yeah, I'm in the place. Couple girls watch your face, tell them fix your face. This is my house, better know your place. Find your way out, get up out the rave. I'm looking flyer like I'm Heathrow. Yes, yeah, she knows and he knows. She be looking valid than a free throw. Oh no, dead thing city, dead, dead thing city. Chicks being mugging, it's a big, big pity. I'm out here for a ride, but it can get sticky. I can take you for a ride. If you're about to laugh, I'm trying to have a good time. Don't make you turn up, it's getting heated. It might burn up, yo. Say something, my G, say something. Say something, my G, say something. Say something, my G, say something. Me mugging, they ain't even saying nothing. Thank you, Artist Exchange. Be exposed. Good job, good job. I love the energy. I love the just that energy that you put off. Um, I listened to some of the music that I got to listen to uh, that I was saying, and I really appreciate you. I wish you much luck and success. Uh, and just keep doing it. Keep doing you and being consistent. Um, this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show, Real Artist, Real Talk, and Real Live, only on BeExposedRadio.com. Peace out, people. Have a great day. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. And put your damn mask on. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
So we're off now. Uh, thank you again for coming through. I know the time difference can be a little crazy, a little wonky, but I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you.